Hello, everyone. Welcome to Legacy Church Online. I'm so glad that you're taking a moment uh, from your schedule, from your day, just to tune in with us and watch us. I just want to say, uh, I hope you've been having a great week. It's been, man, it's been some beautiful weather. Uh, but I hope you've been outside with your family, just enjoying this time uh, with your friends, and with your family, and just enjoying this social distancing, as we're calling it during this season. But I'm just so glad you're taking a moment to join me today uh, for the Word. Are you ready this morning? I hope you are. Uh, open up your Word with me today to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter two. And while you're turning there, um, I just want to say thank you for your, just being so faithful with your tithes and with your offering and with your giving. It's really allowing us to do some just incredible things over these last few weeks from feeding the hungry, uh, reaching out to the elderly, reaching out to the people uh, that have um, their, their uh, immune systems are compromised, feeding children, helping uh, our shelters. So thank you so much for your faithfulness in your giving. And if you would like to give to the mission and the vision of Legacy Church. If you're watching on, online today, there should be a link coming up. You can just click on that, or you can go to our website at LegacyChurchRome.org and click on Give, and you can give online. There's also a text option for you there also. Also, if it's your first time with us, I just want to say welcome. Thanks for joining in with us today. There's, there will be a link coming up on our Legacy Church online page right there in the chat bar uh, for our guest. You can just click on that and fill out. be sure to uh, fill out that online connect card. We just want to say hello to you, just connect with you briefly. and Or, or you can go online at LegacyChurchRome.org and click on guest, and you can fill out that card right there. And just let us know that you're watching with us today. So thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, we're, I'm going to talk about building the kingdom. And I think I'm going to be here for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but today I'm really talking about vision and the importance, not only of vision for the church as a whole, but vision for you and your life and, and just how uh, big of an impact. Whenever you have a vision, you're really unstoppable. Whenever you have a vision, uh, the devil's going to do it's going to happen in you and through you. Amen. So we're going to be talking about that today just a little bit. I'm going to be reading from Habakkuk chapter 2 verse two through three, and it reads, it says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. Uh-oh, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. I don't know if you've ever built a house or if you've ever tried to build something, but it's really, really hard to build anything if you don't have a plan. And um, if you've ever tried to build something, whether it's a home or a relationship or a ministry or a business, it's very, very difficult to build anything if you don't have a vision. If you don't have a vision for it, it's one of those things that you'll never know how to get there. You'll never know when you actually do get there. A vision is so important for us today. And some of the greatest achievements for myself that I've, that I've, that I've got some victory over uh, through my life is because during some seasons, I held to 
a vision and I didn't have all the details. I didn't know who the people were to fill the spots. I didn't, I didn't know how the money was going to get there. I didn't have dates. I didn't have a time. I just had a vision. I didn't have donors. I didn't have people backing me up. All I had was a vision. And one of the beautiful things about you having a vision for your life, a personal vision, is that it really allows you to see purpose through tough times. And if you're living right now, you know what tough times are. But whenever you have a vision, it allows you to see through the tough times and remind yourself of your purpose and remind yourself of where you really need to be headed and what you need to be uh, going and doing. Whenever you have a vision for your life, for your ministry, for your relationship, or for your family, You can endure some tough things more than a person who doesn't have a vision, amen? Your vision will allow you to to get you through some tough seasons. Your vision will allow you to see purpose through all of those things. It will allow you to look past the circumstances and just see opportunity. It will allow you to look beyond slammed doors. How many of you have ever had an opportunity called a door just slammed in your face where you thought you had the job, but it was shut in your face. You thought you were getting that promotion, but it was like it was a door just slammed in your face or you were, you were, you were striving after something, but like a wall was there and you just ran right into it. I think we've all been there at some point in our lives. I know I have, but whenever you have a vision, um, you see, um, you, 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 that, that slammed door in your life, all of a sudden it, it, it may sting and it may hurt your personal ego or it may kind of bruise you a little bit, but whenever somebody slams a door in your face or whenever the devil just slams that huge door right in your face, guess what? Your vision will help you turn that into fuel for your fire. Amen. It will, it will, it will bring, it will bring out some grit. It will bring out some tenacity that you didn't even know you had because that vision that, that God's purpose for you, it will drive you. It will push you to keep going whenever everybody else is stopping. Amen. Uh, this just these last few weeks, I've had I think about three pastors contact me, and we were talking about everything going on in the church and things going on in their church, and they were explaining some of their. I guess you could call it frustrations and they were asking about planning a church and 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 the process that we went through and the procedures that it took for for us to plant legacy church and 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 a lot of times I think I make people frustrated when they're calling me looking for some encouragement, you know, misery loves company. And I think sometimes they're wanting like a shoulder just to cry on as somebody who, who, who knows what a slam door feels like. But so many times I feel like I leave those people more frustrated than I do encouraging them because every time I hear a story of a door being slammed in somebody's face, I can't help but get a little excited about it because when I look over my life at all the doors that were slammed in my face, I know that it was God just opening up even a bigger door, amen? So whenever I hear about doors slammed, I just encourage them to say, guess what? It will get better for you because because of my vision, I can see past that door. Because of my vision, I can see that God had something even greater for me. Because of vision, you can see that God is 
up in heaven and he, he's in heaven's kitchen and he's cooking, cooking you up something even greater than any man could open for you. Amen. Because we know that, that whenever God opens a door, no man can close it. Amen. We know when God opens a door, when God gives you a vision, there is nothing that the devil can do to rock you if you just hold on to it. No door that God opens, a, a man cannot close for us. Amen. So whenever you have vision, you can see that your, your tenacity comes out, your, your passion comes out. And in this season of life, in this middle season of waiting and just waiting for something to pass by, here we are and, and we must have a vision, a personal vision, not just for the church, but personal visions of what God is calling us to do. Amen. Habakkuk says, he says, write down your vision. Do you have a vision written down? He says, make it plain. He says, keep it before you. Talk about it. Share it. Pray over it. When is the last time that you had your vision written out in front of you of where you want it to be a year from now? Where you wanted your family to be when, when this whole process, this season that we're in is over? Do you have that written out? His word says to write it out to make it plain. Keep it before you every day. I love the story of Nehemiah. And if you would turn there with me uh, briefly uh, today, and I think we're going to be here just for uh, maybe uh, one or two more weeks uh, talking about Nehemiah and his story. And I love his story beginning in chapter one, verse three. And before we read that, let me just take a moment and kind of set his story up for us today. Let's do a little Bible study this more, uh, today if we can. Um, because it's really important to note that Nehemiah was not a pastor. He was not a prophet. He was not an apostle. He really was not known for his spiritual gifts. He was actually a slave. And he had worked his way up the, the slave chain, and he had, he had really worked himself up to, to, a, to a trustworthy position. And his title was called cupbearer. What a title. And as his title spells out his responsibilities, he would literally be the one who would interact with the, with the royal table. And he would take his cup and he, would, and he would give it to the royal family. But the big thing about this position was, is that he would literally drink from the cup and eat the food that the royal family was about to eat and he would do it before them standing in their presence because they knew that if there was poison in it, he was about to die. So his, he was literally putting his life on the line every single day, multiple times a day for the, for, for the king. What a job. He would taste it to be sure that no one had, had, had poisoned it or there was nothing wrong with the drink or the food of, of the royal family. Nehemiah is here as a cupbearer, putting his life on the line as a slave. And he's under the Persian, he's, um, he's in exile under the Persian empire. And, and I just want to um, 
really encourage you, if you have some time this week, read, read the stories that they call the exile stories in the Bible because, because they are so encouraging in a moment like we are in to read how, how, how people in exile, in exile can make an impact in a city like Babylon in biblical times. I mean, if God can use an ordinary person as a slave to turn around cities like Babylon, imagine what God can do through you whenever you catch his vision for you. Amen. Imagine if God can use a slave in Babylon to, 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 to turn a city around. If God can use uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, guess what God can do through you. Amen. So, so be encouraged by this and read through these stories this week. And Nehemiah's story really kind of starts off where he's catching a vision from God. And in Nehemiah chapter one, verse three through four, it reads, it says, it says, they said to me, those who survived the exile are now back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, Nehemiah said, I sat down and I wept. For some days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. He's starting to catch a vision about going and building up the city again. And Nehemiah, while serving under a king, gets letters here that we're hearing about. He gets word that his people that were once free, now, now they are in great trouble and disgrace and the walls have been broken down. The scripture even says that he began to weep and mourn. It's so important to understand today and I really want you to get this point today out of Nehemiah's story because it's so important for us to understand that often a God vision, often a God vision is birth out of brokenness. Wow. It is often whenever we have nowhere to look, when we are so broken that we have nowhere to look but up, God is birthing a vision inside of us. Isn't that good? If you find yourself in a, in a state of brokenness today, if you find yourself in this season wondering what is happening, guess what? God just may be birthing something called a vision inside of you. And, and it says, sometimes in order for us to really catch that vision, God has got to break us. God, God has got to let us go through some things to, to break us down. Isn't that amazing? It, it is so important for you to understand that often the things that frustrate you, often those things that, 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 that consume your mind, often those things that, that, that kind of just, that, that brings out tenacity, that brings out passion. Guess what? That is often the Holy Spirit prompting you to move. That's often the Holy Spirit prompting a vision inside of you. Those things that, that, that just stirs up passion. Those things that just that, that consume you when you see them on the, on the news, like, like some type of social injustice. And all of a sudden, guess what? That, that may just be the Holy Spirit stirring up something inside of you to move you in this day. Wow. 
And, and all of a sudden, I really, I really want you to get this because I think this is part of this story here. Guess what? Frustration is often an indication of what you've been called to. Wow. Your frustration is often an indication of what God is calling you to. What frustrates you when you see it? Is it homelessness? Is it poverty? Is it abortion? Is it child abuse? What, what, what stirs up something inside of you? Because frustration is often an indication of a vision in what God is calling you to. Wow. And often when something is frustrating us, what do we do? Often when something is frustrating us and it makes our blood just boil and it stirs up passion, often we, 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 will, we will copy a link and we'll put it on Facebook about an article that frustrates us. We will talk about it. We will complain about the problem. But guess what? But that is when God is trying to give us vision and move us toward the solution and not to complain. But God is trying to move us visionaries to the problem to be that source of the answer to that thing that is frustrating us. Guess what? God has called no one to complain. I'm sorry to break that to you today. And guess what? There are people on planet earth there are people in the church. Let's talk about the church. There are people in the church that feel that complaining is one of their spiritual gifts. Yeah. But guess what? Read, read the list of gifts in the Bible. Complaining is nowhere to be found. God has called no one to complain, but he's calling us in this hour to catch those things that frustrate us because he's trying to birth something in our brokenness as a nation. He's trying to birth something in your spirit, something that, 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 that you, you, you thought it was just frustrating. You thought it was just something that you cared about. No, God is trying to birth vision into the church in this season. Amen. God is trying to birth something. And, and so many times, God wants to turn your complaining into vision and strategy for the kingdom. God wants to turn your complaining into vision and strategy for the kingdom. I saw this quote, and I just want to give it to you today because it's so good. And it, it, it was talking about vision. What is vision? And it said, vision is when frustration of what is creates passion for what could be. Wow. Vision is. Vision happens. Vision is birth when frustration of what is creates passion for what could be. Wow. Vision is the gap from where you are currently to your expectation. You are here right now. Your expectation is over here. And how you will get from where you are to your goal will be vision. Wow. And so many people are stuck right here and they can't get to where they should be. They can't get to their dream. They can't get to what they thought where they would be. Why? Because there is no vision to connect where you are and where you could could be. And so many times I get the question of, you know, what is God's will for my life? How do I make that happen? Is it, is, am I thinking about God's will or is this my will? And I get the question, you know, like, 
How do I know if this is a God vision? Is this a my vision or is this a God vision? I want to give you just like a real helpful meter here to determine your vision. And if it's you or God, and it's really simple. This story here, people often read this verse that that we're reading today in Nehemiah, where where Nehemiah is crying over the broken walls. And, And most people think that he is crying over the broken walls, but I am confident that he's not really crying over the the physical things, but I am confident that he is weeping over the people of the city. Wow. How do I know if this is a a God vision or is this a my vision? How do I know if this is a God vision or not? One thing I have noticed about vision, and I've had the opportunity to be around some extraordinary visionary people, I love being around visionary people. Being around people with no vision, it really is no fun. But whenever you can be around dreamers, you can be around, you can be around um, visionary people who are just full of vision. It's encouraging. It is like, wow, whenever, you, whenever they just begin to share with you what God is birthing inside of them. But one thing I've noticed being around these visionary people that God has birthed something in. One thing I've noticed is, 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 how, is how to discern God's vision is, is for you to ask this question. Ask God, who is this vision about? Well, and then when you find out that answer, ask, is it about people or is it about me? Is this vision about people or is it about me? Because I will tell you this in my years of ministry and and, and pursuing visions that I felt God has given me. Guess what? God's visions... God visions, they are always more about other people than they are yourself. Well, God visions, when he births a vision in your spirit, those visions will always be more about other people. He will use you in the vision, but the vision will always be more about other people than it will be about you. Wow. Because so many times uh, you, you, you hear people and they're like, I don't know what to do. Is this me? Ask yourself, is this about other people or is this about me? Because maybe, you're, maybe, maybe you like to sing and you want to be a, a worship pastor, but, but really inside of you, all you want to do is record an album and you want the money and you want the fame from it. Guess what? That is a my vision. But if you want to be a worship pastor and you love leading people into the presence of God and you love singing praises and you're talented like and it's all about leading people into his presence. God will open up a door for that album. God will open up things. That is how you know, is this a my vision or a God vision? Because God visions are always more about using you to reach other people than yourself. Wow. So I have two questions for you today. In the lines of this verse that we're reading, Nehemiah crying over city, what are you crying about today? What in the kingdom are you crying about today? What in this world, what in this time and season, what are you crying about today? And number two, are you and God crying about the same things? Wow. Are you and God crying over the same things? Is what 
Whatever breaks God's heart, is it breaking your heart? Are you and God crying and frustrated over the same things? Do you want to free up some mind space? I know I have to free up mind space every once in a while. Where there's so many things that's just going on inside of my mind. And especially in a season like this where you may be, you may have a lot of time of just sitting around and you may feel like isolated. And so many things are going on inside of your mind today. If you want to free up some, some space in your mind so you can catch a vision from what God wants for you to do for your family or for your ministry, for your business. If you need to free up some, from, some, some brain space so you can really concentrate on him, guess what? Stop crying over the things that God is not crying over. Wow. Stop focusing on the things that, that really mean nothing to God. God doesn't care what, about what brand of shoes that you have on today. No. He don't care if you, if you have the new purse. Stop being frustrated over that. He don't care if you're driving a Mercedes. Stop being frustrated over that, okay? He doesn't care about your Instagram story or how many followers. It's, it's, it's not on his radar. He doesn't care if you have the newest iPhone or the newest iPad. Stop being frustrated. Stop crying over things like that. He's not worried about you having to go through a drive through instead of going to Atlanta for a hot date in this season. I'm sorry, I had to say it. Guess what? Stop crying over those things in this season. Stop crying and stop getting frustrated over things like I just talked about and start focusing on and crying about what God is broken over. And whenever you get to that broken state about things, God will start birthing vision in your spirit. The word says that Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Why? He was not crying over the, over the physicalities. He was not crying over brick and mortar. He was not crying because, because um, the church wasn't in the right location. No, he was crying. He was weeping over the lost people. And why why has God put us here, Legacy Church, in this city for this moment, in this day? Why? He has not put us here for brick and mortar. He has not put us here for location. But God has put us here and give us a vision for what? The lost people. We are weeping over a city where 40%, at least 40% of the people now are saying they do not belong to a church. They have no religious affiliation. We should be weeping in this moment. God is calling you. God is calling us to pastor a city. Why? Because it's a vision. It is something that he is broken over. It is something that he is weeping over. And we just want to be like God. And in this brokenness, we got to be reminded of who he has called us to be. We got to be reminded of our vision. So many people think right now that the church has no vision, that we're on, that we're on vacation and we're just recording services. No, no, no. Now is when the time our vision was birthed. Now now is a moment when so many people are throwing up their hands and saying, I can't do anything. Now is when God has given us a vision. And now is when God wants you to grab hold of a vision of what he has for you. So I ask you those two questions. What are you crying for today? And are you and God crying over the same things? Wow. Nehemiah gets a vision. And what does he do? He 
waits while waiting. What? People in the Bible that God used to do amazing things had to wait? (laughs) Yeah. Does it sound familiar for your life? So many times when we hear from God or we catch a vision or we have a dream or we, 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 we see something that we feel that God has put in our spirits, all of a sudden we think that it should take place then. By the end of this week, I want to see it. There are a lot of things, those suddenly moments in the Bible, but there's a lot of times when God gives us vision, when the waiting is just as important as the doing. And so many times we want to rush the process and rush the spirit, but I want to remind you today and encourage you that God's timing is perfect for your vision. Your vision, your plan may not have come to pass yet, You may have had it 10 years ago and you're still waiting. God's timing is perfect. And one of the worst things that you can do is get the right thing at the wrong time. Wow. One of the worst things that you can do for yourself and for your family and for your business is to get the right thing at the wrong time. And some think that Nehemiah waited uh, and prayer and fasting, whenever you study his story, some theologians think that he waited four months before he really took action. Four months. Waiting was part of the process. Waiting was part of vision. Moses, he had to wait 40 years. 40 years in the desert. In the desert before his dream came to pass. Wow. Joseph gets a dream as a young man and it takes two decades, two decades before he could see it come to pass. Not not two hours, not two days, not two weeks, two months, two years, no. Two decades he was waiting for the vision to come to pass. David is anointed king. He gets the oil and then turns around and does what? Goes back to the field and waits. Year after year until he gets to take on his position that he caught the vision for, that he got the anointing for. It was part of his process. Some people may have think that Nehemiah got off a little easy because all he had to wait was all he had all he had to wait for was was just for a few days. All he, he, he didn't have to wait for years. His waiting season wasn't for decades. But he'd been waiting for a long time. Remember, he's the cupbearer. His life was on the line every day. And he's been waiting for a moment. He's been waiting to be used. He had been waiting for this moment. And I want to share all of this with you today to encourage you in this season of life, the season of waiting for this thing to be over. Yeah, I'm there with you. I feel it. I feel your pain. But every day when I get up, I remind myself of what God has called me to. I see the lost people that need a church. I encourage you today in this waiting season, this season of waiting, the season of brokenness for some of you, the season of depression, anxiety, you've lost your job. It's a season of brokenness for so many people. But I just want to remind you that this season of waiting 
could just be God preparing you to see a vision come to life for you. God births vision and brokenness. In the state that you are in right now is not a mistake, but it's to birth something inside of your spirit. You thought this was a season of distraction. It is. You thought this was just a time to, um, to derail your plans. But could it be that God is trying to prepare you for that dream, for that vision? But you're so distracted by the season to even notice the vision that he's giving you. I want to end by reading the verse that we started with in Habakkuk. It says, write the vision, make it plain, so he whoever who reads it can run with it. And in the last part of three, it says, if it seems slow, just wait for it. Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not delay. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that in this season, when you may feel that everything is on hold, God's vision for you is not on hold. He's doing something inside of you today that he wants you to birth, that he, that he wants you to get some grit, that he wants, you get, he wants you to get some tenacity. He wants you to hold on through this, this door that has been slammed in your life. He wants you to see through that thing and see his purpose. But you've got to have some vision to make it through. The word says that where there's no vision, the people perish. And there's going to be some people in this season that once knew God, but they've lost the vision. They've lost the roadmap. They've lost from where I am to where I'm going and, and they're going to get derailed and they're going to come out of this not strong but weak. But a church, but you, an individual who has vision during this time, you're going to come out of this thing and God is going to birth something out of you that no one around you could ever have imagined. Wow. God's going to do something in his church that has vision and tenacity in this season. I'm declaring that over your life today. Can I pray for you? God, right now, I pray for each and every person that's watching today or listening on our podcast. God, I pray for each and every person today. God, I'm praying, the Lord, that in the middle of brokenness, God, I pray that in the middle of brokenness, you birth a vision that is so vivid, that is so bright, that is going to get them from where they are now to the perspective, to the thing that you've been birthing inside of them. God, I pray, Lord, right now that that vision, that that dream, God, that right now, Lord, they will use this as a season of being prepared, that they will use this not as a season of being lazy, God, but they will use this as a season that is connecting the dots. God, I pray for people who have no vision. Your word says that those people will perish. God, I pray for jobs, businesses that have no vision right now. God, birth something in those CEOs. Birth something in those managers. 
Birth something in those entrepreneurs today, God. Give them some grit. Give them some passion. God, and I pray for your people that whenever we get passionate about something, that whenever we get frustrated over something in the news or the media, God, that we don't complain about it. We don't just sit around and tweet about it. God, but we will be broken in that moment so that vision can occur and that we, people of the body of Christ, you can move us to be part of the solution. God, I thank you today for what you're doing in your people. God, I thank you for the visions that are happening. God, I thank you for the people in this season that they are being active right now because of visions that you have birthed in this season of brokenness. God, I can't wait to see what you are about to do in your people and in the church. Amen and amen. Can you just take a moment and thank God right now? Can you just take, we just take a moment and thank him. God, we thank you today that you entrust us with vision and with dreams. God, we thank you today that you are still speaking through visions. God, that you are still showing your people how we can get from A to B through vision. God, I thank you today. Keep speaking to your people. We love you. We thank you. I want to thank you again for just tuning in with us today. And I just want to encourage you to remember that if it's your first time with us, please click on the link. Go to our website, LegacyChurchRome.org. Click on Guest. Also, I just want to remind you, we upload fresh material for our kids' ministry each and every week. Videos, personal videos, music videos, lessons, activities to get you through the week. Parents, that'll help you out if you need some things for your kids to do to pass some of this time. It's all on our website. Go to LegacyChurchRome.org. Click on um, the icon there for our children's ministry and our resources. It will be right there on top of that page to get you and your kids just to stay in uh, kids' church and to get them thinking about God and just to stay connected with them through the church and through our Lord. Amen. So thank you so much once again for tuning with us today. I can't wait to see you next week. And I just want to remind you, if you have haven't heard, starting this Thursday, we're doing a three-part series. There will be a link on our Facebook page. You can click the link. We have a, a licensed um, psychologist that's uh, going to be online with me from Chattanooga, um, Nate Grubb, and he's going to be giving us a three-part series. One is going to be about ourselves, how we can stay mentally strong during this time. The second session is going to be about our children, what we need to be doing with our children, during this season. And the third is going to be about marriage. Okay. So stay tuned, follow us on our social media sites, and we'll see you then. I look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless. Have a great week.